Thanks for tuning in to the Dogwood Media Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cumby, and today we'll be talking with our owner and general manager, Brian Harris, about the world of online reviews and why they're so important to your business. Welcome to the Dogwood Media Solutions Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Cumby, and today we're mixing it up a little bit. And instead of Brian doing the interviewing, he is going to be the interviewee. So how does it feel to be in the hot seat, Brian? I'm not sure if I'm okay with this. This feels really (laughs) weird, you know? Uh It's a little hot, like you said. Right, right. Ask all the hard questions. Well, hopefully they're not too hard because it's a fun subject, so... Yeah, it should be a good one. Um, so despite the fact that y'all have heard from Brian pretty much every episode so far, since this is his first time being the guest, it's kind of the first time to really introduce himself. So Brian, tell us about your background. How <laughs> well, did you get into this? Well, um, that's actually a great question. So back in, I was trying to think how far back we want to go. So if we go back to high school, like I always was involved in radio and TV broadcasting and wanted to do that as my career. The websites were, you know, people had their stuff on AOL back then, so it wasn't a big a deal. Social media was our AOL. Tell so, us about the olden days, Yes, yeah, so they were really old, but I'll ask your mom about it later. So. <laughs> Don't listen to that, Mom. <laughs> uh, so back in the 90s, it was, you know, that kind of thing. I did radio TV. I actually worked here in Montgomery at a 95.1 The Fox. Uh, Y102 back then was called Cat Country 102, and I was Brian Dean on Cat Country 102. <laughs> Brian Dean. Yes. And so I was over on the Fox. I was Eddie Harris on 95.1 The Fox, Montgomery's Classic Rock. So, yeah. And so um, I left there to go to Faith Radio, um, 89.1 FM here in Montgomery. Did a lot of production work for them. Um, from there, Bob Critton was a big uh, influence in my life and helped me to get connected with a radio station up in Birmingham, WDJC. Um, from WDJC, uh, I left there and went to Louisiana where because I'd met a girl and got totally out of the media area because I was pursuing her full force um, and just served in a, a part-time role, not a part-time role, just a volunteer role of my church uh, doing TV and kind of reignited my passion for TV at that point. And I'd never seen like working at a church as being an option until that point at First Baptist of Westboro when uh, Scott Link was there. He was our media director. I was like, this guy has a full-time job doing radio and TV at a church. Like, that's a real thing. And so that kind of became the thing I wanted to do. And so we moved back to Montgomery, and I was doing sales. And Frazier here in town offered for me to come over and do video editing for them, something I probably was not totally qualified for at all. Um, But, you know, I I had enough video editing skills. I'd been in the TV area. Um, So, yeah, I, I went and took the position. And then one day, because I was the young person on staff, this was back in 2000. And seven, I want to say, uh, that I was the young person on staff, and they came in and put a, de- a book on my desk and said, uh, we need someone to edit the website. And I was like, I've never done this before. Like, that's why we brought you this 450-page book. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I guess I'm doing this. And so I learned how I – mean, they had a website already, but I learned how to edit the pages for the TV station to get our, our schedules up on the air and that kind of stuff. And so that's what I started doing then, and that led into Taylor Road calling me to be their communications director. Served there for five years, made a lot of connections there. Uh, ended up going to the State Board of Missions, becoming their their uh, digital marketing strategist. And in the meantime, on the side, uh, just because churches, you know, being at Taylor Road, knew what I could do and was helping out with, with social media and the website. They asked if I could help them, and so I created another business on the side. Uh, called Harris Media Solutions, and that turned into what this is now. 
And so when I left the State Board of Missions in 2017, I went to Harris Media Solutions full-time and did that for two years as a, a loan contractor, just growing my business, brought Thomas Jones in. And then Thomas became a partner in two, like, like it technically it was like, I looked it up yesterday, it was like November the 8th, 2018, when we signed everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we actually started as a business on January 1st, 2019, and then just grew from there. Of course, you joined us later in 2019, and then right now, as of today, we have 15 employees. So. Yep. Grown a so lot. That is a, the whole story from the very beginning. <laughs> a lot more details. And there was other TV station. I worked at WAKA here in Montgomery. I worked at, uh, not, I didn't work for, but I worked with CBS 42 up in Birmingham um, as part of the morning show up there through our radio station that I was working at in Birmingham. So a little bit of TV, a little bit of radio, turned into websites, turned into social media. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Yeah, you've done a little bit of everything. Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, the specific bit of everything that you've done that we're going to talk about is getting positive reviews on the internet for what you're doing for your businesses. So um, one of the things that you talked about in the blog that we're referencing back to um, was the importance of having like in, in intentional reviews versus passive reviews. So, you know... Uh, people just going on and giving a a four star or a three star or whatever versus having somebody actually write out a specific review that tells a little bit about what happened and their experience and that kind of thing. So tell us a little bit about how to get those reviews and why that's important to encourage people to give reviews versus just expecting them to do it. Yeah. So a lot of times it just comes down to the ask and if it's not the natural thing to ask for the review, you have to set up systems in place to do that. Um, and so, for instance, if you had a retail store, uh, basically going in and, and just following up and say, hey, we have a survey here, go here and do the survey. Then when they go to the link, you have to have ways to to get the people that aren't happy to get them taken care of. Because as much as we want the reviews, we also want to make sure that they're good reviews and positive reviews. And so we want to have a way to sort those. And so, for instance, let's I had a retail store. I put a QR code on the bottom. It says, hey, we're going to give you $5 off if you take our survey. You go in the survey and say, give me a ranking of one to five. If you'd recommend us to a friend, someone puts in a three. I don't want a three on my reviews. I'm going to redirect that three to, to another form that basically says, what can we done better? Put your email address in. And I'm going to redirect that to a manager. And I want that manager to contact them and find out what we could do to make that a better review going forward so we can fix that situation. I don't want to send them to Google. I, w- I want to kind of cut that off that cha- that chance of that bad review getting out there and trying to make sure we can solve that and make a a better experience for the next person. They put a five star on there. I want to make sure we get them to the platform we want them to go to. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say, I don't want them to go to every platform, but say right now our Google reviews are lower. I want to redirect them to go straight to Google. Hey, would you mind sharing your experience of others by leaving this review with Google? Um, And then, or if it's Facebook where you need more reviews, whatever that is, redirect them at that point for those five-star reviews. Four-star, some people say send the four-star reviews to there also, too. Mm -hmm. That way it doesn't look like only having five stars. Yeah, it doesn't look fake. Exactly. And so you end up getting like that 4.7 or 4.8 because, you know, there's going to be some people that are going to have some bad experiences, but you want those four-star reviews so you get more realistic. Every once in a while, it's not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing four and five stars and anything that's below four, sending it to a manager for them to take care of, that's kind of controlling the review situation, but you're also asking for the review and you're actively asking for it. 
and getting the ones that you actually want to get and get them in the place that you want them to get to. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that there's a bunch of different platforms that people can leave reviews on. What are some of the most common ones and what are some of the niches that specific businesses should go to for their reviews? Yeah, well, Google and Facebook, of course, are going to be the most common ones. Mm -hmm. Facebook, just because... That's the largest social platform out there. People look for different things on there for for businesses. They want to see that you're highly rated. Google, of course, but search is going to be a huge thing for finding someone's business. Now, if I'm a restaurant, I'm I'm going to probably send some of those reviews to Yelp mm-hmm. or, or, or specific platforms that are for those t- for restaurants. If I'm a hotel, I want to send it to. Hotels.com or, mm-hmm. or Expedia, wherever that person booked from, I want to make sure they're leaving reviews there so that when the next person goes to book in that same place, they're seeing those reviews. So it really does depend upon the industry, whatever your industry is, finding out where your clients are coming from and then making sure those reviews are there for people in the future as they come from the same places also. But Google and Facebook are just a general cross the board, always a good place to have reviews at. Yeah, for sure. Is there a way that people can manage those reviews in one place, or do you just kind of have to go back and forth between the platforms? Yeah, there are tools that you can do that with. Um, we use with Sprout. We have some of those kind of tools built in. It's not as robust as some other ones out there. I'm not going to name tool names, but there are several ones that you can take all these platforms and put them into like a one centralized location to be able to manage reviews. Uh, and there's some of those platforms even too, like we talked about the the QR code that they would be actually where you could even send that person to to get them to the platform. It allows you to make the changes super easy to, uh, to redirect people to the correct place or to manage bad reviews and get those taken care of also. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say that a bad review slips through. They just go straight to Google themselves. They didn't take your survey and they leave you a bad review. What can a business do about that? The main, main thing you want to do is you do want to make sure that they're acknowledged and heard. Um, you want them to say, hey, you know, we, we want to do better. Um, you just have to just own it. Even if it's the, you know, they're wrong. Everyone is reading that review is going to assume that you were wrong as the business. And they're going to side with that person. And so you have to basically come in and just be as polite as possible and say, hey, we hate that this was the experience you had. We want to do better. What can, not, well, what can we do to make it right? But um, we want to do better. We'd love to have your feedback. Can we schedule a time so we can go in and, and learn from this experience so we can do better as a business? Uh, it's You're not admitting guilt by doing that because or admitting like you did something wrong, but it's just this is a learning experience. We, we want to find out what we did and how can we do better next time? Uh, because it, you don't want to say, oh, yeah, we, we did a terrible job there. We fired that guy. But you just ran that guy over. I mean, that, I, that's that's not good. It, it, next person is looking to get to get a job. Because another thing, too, people are looking for jobs will read reviews about different places. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, these people, this, this company backs over their employees. You know, we don't need that out there either. We just need to know that, hey, this company is going to look at trying to make things better and learn from those negative experiences to do better at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. We've gotten this question more than once from several different people. So I figured I'd ask it because other people probably have the same question. But can I just delete or hide my negative reviews? (laughs) If only it was that easy. No, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not. The reason why I do that is it's it's a 
Because if you did that, everyone would just have five stars out there. Right. If you did that. Now, there has been in cases where people will go out and just bombard different businesses and put leave negative reviews. There's definitely reasons to go back in and request that a review be put on there if it was done maliciously or spam or anything like that. But in most cases, no, you can't just actively go and say, I'm just going to go delete that one because I don't like what they said. You know, <laughs> it doesn't work that way because you need a hundred, you need to know that the reviews out there are not censored or filtered to only show the most positive ones. Um, in fact, that's one of the things I love doing when I, when I go look at a product or a business, I want to see what the most negative person says. And I want to see what the most happy person says, because a lot of times you read the negative reviews and you go, Oh, this person's just an unhappy person. Mm-hmm. And you're able to go, okay, that, that I'm not going to look, I'm going to go back and look at the four stars and the five stars. Oh, okay. This is what they're really saying here. And I can look at the number of them and say, there's 200 five star reviews and there's three one star reviews. I'm going, okay, that's either a person who just had a bad day or, you know, it's just, it's a law of percentages on that kind of case. But, but no, absolutely. You cannot delete them. That would ruin the entire integrity of doing the review system if you could delete them. Right, exactly. So for those weird spam reviews, because we see those fairly frequently, just rando weird people that come and post and say, mm-hmm. random Susan helped me so much with getting my credit score up. And we're <laughs> like, that's cool. We're a shoe store. Right. Um, what can you do about those? Is there a way to minimize them? Um, there's not really a way to minimize them. They're always going to come in. They're going to find another way. They're going to create a new profile. As soon as you report one and block it, the only thing you really can do is report them as spam. Uh, and, and we do that all the time. We report different things like that. And it, it, especially those ones, like where they're talking about so-and-so help me raise my Bitcoin or so-and-so help me get my, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. It's obviously spam. Mm-hmm. You go report it with spam just like you would any other email or any kind of contact. Facebook's been really good about removing those. Google's a little bit slower, but they do take care of it also, too. If it's legitimately spam and it's very obvious that it's spam, the ones you're going to have problems with are when you get attacked. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's going to be a little bit harder to get those re- removed. Um, if it's just like someone sending a hundred people your way to make your score go down, mm-hmm. which does happen. Um, but those ones that are obviously spam where they're trying to sell you something, you just go report it and generally they're down in a couple of days. Okay, cool. So what makes a good positive review in your blog? You talked about some of the things that you would want people to say, or you'd want them to give part of their experience more than just a star review. So what would a good positive review look like? Oh, of course, I want someone to tell, be honest, and and I love it when they mention names. Uh, that's another thing that I don't think I even mentioned in the blog. Uh, I love it when they do that kind of thing. Um, but basically, you just want them to tell like what their service was to get a true uh, look at what they thought was different about your place that was good. Uh, those are the kind of things that we want to see in those reviews. Mm-hmm. So is there any value in specifically asking certain clients to kind of start your review process, you know, if you're trying to encourage other people and you want them to be able to see things that people have already said. I know in the past we've had like a couple of people that we've specifically asked like, hey, will you go leave us Mm -hmm. a review? Is that a good strategy? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you want to make sure as much as you can control the narrative on reviews, you want to be able to do it, especially at the beginning when you have no reviews out there. Right. Because zero reviews is is bad, Uh, but you want to get some out there. So I don't think there's any problem if you have a great client and you have that kind of relationship like tell them, hey, we really need some reviews on Google. Can you go give us an honest assessment? Don't don't write it for them. Don't tell them that this is this is what exactly what we need. Say you can give them pointers if they ask you. Say uh, what is it you really need? Just say hey, you know, we helped you with 
the website thing, just tell people about how we helped you with that website issue or how we helped grow your business uh, by having your Instagram account follow followers go up and that generate X amount of revenue. You don't have to give specific numbers, but just say, we've worked with them and this is the kind of work they did and you should work with them too. Um, and so guide them a little bit and definitely ask the people that are going to be good ones. Um, because I mean, it's, it's no different than asking a personal receipt and redirecting the reviews based upon how they answer a first question. Right. It's the same type of thing. You're just trying to control the narrative. It's basically, it's reputation management. Mm-hmm. It's a service we provide and helping to guide people on how to do these type of things. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely ask those people, ask the ones that you trust to give you good reviews. Yeah, definitely. Are there places and reasons to use those testimonies in other places, like on your website or social media? Absolutely. We do it on our own website. If you go to Dogwood right now, uh, you'll see quotes in there from people who've left us reviews because we want to show off like... This is what people are saying about it. These are the reviews that they did. Uh, we have several websites where we've pulled in straight Google reviews right onto the website and asked people make reviews um, that shows them off on the website because it just speaks uh, truth. that you know, These are what people are saying about the company, and you want to repeat that over and over and over again because we trust hearing. You're gonna, I'm going to trust your opinion, Lauren, uh, more than I'm going to trust – uh, some random person, truthfully, mm-hmm. but also like I want to. I'm definitely going to trust your opinion over. I'm going to trust the company saying, "Right, we're the best." You know, we make we make the best hamburgers. Like, well, that's a great. You can say that because you you made them. I want to hear what a thousand other people said who've already tried your hamburgers. Are they really the best, mm-hmm. or are they three and a half stars? You know, <laughs> um, so you can go in there and see that. I mean, th- that's what the reviews thing helps with. Yeah. So at the end of your blog, you had some quick tips for receiving positive reviews. And I know you have some feelings about some of these. So yeah. go, go through the list and tell us some of the those quick tips. Sure. I'm just going to read them. The first one I put in there was in order to get more positive reviews. And I put this should almost be unspoken. But start by offering excellent customer service and products or services that meet or exceed customer expectations. Imagine that. <laughs> um, something that you would think would be common sense isn't always common. Surprise. Yeah. Well, I, I keep learning that. I keep being surprised by that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah, but uh, always remind customers after they've made a purchase or use your service to leave a review on your preferred method. Say, hey, we need your help with some Facebook reviews. Or you have a great experience today. Even if you don't have the QR code, just asking them for it is better than nothing. Uh, Facebook, Yelp, Google, whatever the platform is. Focus customers on the platform that needs the most help. Oftentimes, we'll set up an email to go out to clients and ask how their experience was. If they answer positively, what we talked about earlier, we direct them to the platform we need reviews at. If they don't, we would direct them to let let them know what we could have done better so those issues can be addressed. Those are the three biggest tips I felt like that would help someone get positive reviews. I left it in that blog post. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, that blog post is super helpful. And I think this conversation has been really helpful as well. I know positive reviews or reviews in general are something that people tend to not think about until they get that negative review Mm -hmm. that they don't want. So it's really good to have a strategy already set up before, you know, you're trying to play the catch up game or the reaction game. So it's always better to be proactive in those things. So I think this is really helpful. Thanks for being our guest today. Yeah, it's fun to get to sit on this side of the microphone. Maybe we'll do it again. We'll see how this <laughs> one goes. I think we got some planned out there. So I'm sure it'll happen again. Too. Yeah. All right, guys. Next episode, Brian and I will be talking about video content, how it got so popular, and ways that your business can take advantage of the video craze. Um, If you like what you've heard and um, want to interact with us more, you can head on over to our website at dogwoodmediasolutions.com and check out the other blogs that we've written. We have a ton from the last four years that are out there, so go check those out. If you want to connect with us on social media, you can find all of our links there. And then, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast 
podcast and leave a review. A review. Yes. <laughs> I would like to have reviews. Reviews are good. Like you learned today, those reviews really help us with reaching the right people. So if you don't mind doing that, that would be super great. Thanks for tuning in to the Dogwood Media Solutions podcast. And until next time, happy marketing. Happy marketing.